There we Welcome. go. There. Second time's the charm. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, welcome to another United Renewed review. Uh, this week, we're going to be reviewing uh, the Disney Plus series Loki from Marvel Studios. And who better to review it with me than the Mad Mac monster mind himself, Joel? Hello, Joel. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Saber Nero. Or, oh, sorry, Brian Saber. For that nice intro, that's as always. Name. That's the whole name. Yeah, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm living in fucking 1995 sometimes. All right. <laughs> but yes, um, of course, my uh, general uh, message, this will be very, very spoiler heavy. So incoming in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That was your warning. Turn it off right now. Okay. So, yes, we, um, we went through Loki. Um, it was a good, I just want to say first and foremost, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. I was kind of like, okay, right. I'm kind of over Tom Hiddleston. I'm glad he was in infinity war and Endgame. Um, good Whoa. for him. You're on the, I you're, you're, you're on done. the, you're on the pat. You're on the, the Loki's in the past kind of train. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved him in Avengers. Right. And it was good, but it was like, you know what with winter soldier, and beyond, like, he was, like, afterthought. I mean, I loved him in Ragnarok, too, because Ragnarok is just Damn. overall, like, always 10 out of 10 in my book. Um, but then the show, it's just, it was like, wow, they really went above and beyond for this character who, like, at least for me, I don't maybe people feel the same way or don't, but it's just like, he was cool. And then it's like, all right, the, age, the you know, age of Hiddleston is over <laughs> and we're done with it. And yeah, I just, what were your first thoughts before no. even going in? Like, what were your judgments? <laughs> well... I per I personally was like excited to see what's because I feel like out of all the out of the three Disney Plus shows that we've seen so far, I feel like Loki is the one show where it's like I don't know what's gonna happen. Like for for one division, mm. like for one division, you know that it was gonna delve into like you know the the trauma and stress that wanda was going through leading up to her beca officially becoming the scarlet witch you know you kind of saw that coming mm -hmm. Sa same with um falcon and winter soldier it's you seeing sam like building up to taking the fully taking the mantle of captain america like with mm -hmm. this with loki you don't like there was no telling what was going to happen just because you're you're dealing with just like time and this is like the same Loki, but technically it's a, now it's a different Loki. Mm -hmm. And like, it just felt so mysterious, which is kind of, I think that's why the show did so well, just because it was harder to predict. Yeah. And I would say on that, like they turn, at least for me, my expectations of Loki and the character and what they were going to do on its head uh, with everything. And, you know, there were, there were some things generally pointing to a character we'll talk about later, but how they did it was really good. Uh, but I, I remember texting you and a couple others like, oh, I knew it was, you know, <laughs> who it was going to be as soon as they said this line. I was like, oh, fuck, I, it's it's so good. But he who um, remains. yeah, um, you know, I, I thought Loki was was the shit. You know, I had that, the Loki hoodie. I regret getting rid of it now, of course. And but yeah, I was just oh, like, oh, damn, that's right. I remember that hoodie. Yeah, and but it's, yeah, just like you know, after Thanos, it's like how could I care about someone like compared to like we had a like a decent villain, right? Like 
Marvel was finally hitting their stride. They were figuring things out. Oh, they did a good job with Loki and Thor, and then even better in Avengers. But then, you know, the Russos take Thanos, you know, and other villains like Killmonger to a whole new level. And it's like, okay, Loki's kind of like, I don't know, he's an Avengers-level threat, per, you know, so we could say. But, you know, like, is he? And then the show is like, <laughs> well, here you go. Here's this character. Let's do this with it. And I, I was happily surprised. So I want to ask you this question. Now that Absolutely. we've like now that we've seen the show and Marvel is now delving into this multiverse part of their story. Now that we've gotten the scene, like I said before, basically technically the same Loki, but now we have the same Loki, but two totally different characters. So like how do you how well do you think they kind of pulled that off and did you expect them to be able to pull something like that off at, at all? Um, well, with the first episode, they kind of hint at, like, Loki's life is a closed loop or a closed timeline. And um, I didn't think what they were going to do with Loki at all. I thought he was still going to do his job and still be the same Loki, honestly. Especially with, um, there's an image at the end of the first, or nearing the end of the first episode, where it says, it shows all the things Loki's going to do in Dark World in uh ragnarok and infinity war and it says end of file you switch around file it says end of life and um i thought that's what's gonna end we're still like loki will fulfill his destiny still kind of be a dick but do some good things but still die but instead they take this loki and he has you know he's now his own separate he's still you know the god of mischief but he's now in his own not only is in his own timeline his own like i feel like he's a totally different he has that duality where it's like he's the same and yet different. It's they did a really good job. I didn't see them. I never saw that coming. But what what do you think? Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting because, um, like, if we just do like a character study of like the original, like MCU movie Loki, you know, it's like Loki, the god of mischief. Um, you know always kind of felt like he was kind of on the outside of like the fam, like his family and always trying to kind of gain the upper hand or try to like benefit from a situation. But then over time, he slowly started to learn that, Oh, you know, you know, all I wanted was like the, like the, the loving relationships that I never got, or I thought I could never have up until infinity war where it's kind of like that that version of loki was at his apex where you know he kind of had the he kind of had the um the kind of re he resolved like his kind of like family issues a little bit like him and thor are you know reunited and like have a stronger bond than they ever had up to the point of him basically sacrificing himself um against Thanos. Or now with the 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 show, we have this Loki who it I, I can't even imagine like in the span of like a few minutes gets to see all of that progress that that Loki went through in like a few minutes. But then it gives us such a more interesting Loki because now it's a Loki that understands that oh, you know, I can, you know, have a life that has, you know, 
loving relationships and that, you know, I can be a good person or I can be like, like just like live a nice life. And so now what having that mindset and we got to see his progression of him in a way, kind of being able to open up to more people, like becoming friends with, uh, with Mobius and, um, kind of having that, uh, you know, depending who you are, kind of weird relationship with Sylvie and, you know, being like an interesting take on his character, which I have to imagine Tom Hiddleston is probably just head over heels, just like, and like hit the jackpot on this character is now he can just basically have infinite amount of play with the same character that he's been playing with the past 11 years. You know, definitely. And what I like is he enjoys the role and it shows you some characters or, you know, actors, you could tell they're kind of like phoning it in or, you know, it, it just like it does. It doesn't it's missing a little something, but he still enjoys it and still brings the character, I think, life, which is is really right. nice. So props to you, Tom Hiddleston, doing a good job. And they're having a lot of fun with it, too. Um I remember the first episode with uh, the D.B. Cooper thing. I was like, I don't let feel <laughs> ridiculous fun. And I was just like, Oh, my wow. God. And that, they, was it, so... <laughs> no, I was just going to say, that's so great. Like, the fact that they premised that, like, oh, <laughs> it was because of a bet that him and Thor made, and he lost. So he right. had to be basic and become D.B. Cooper. It's, it's funny shit. Uh, like, I never expected that. I expected, like, you know, some Marvel humor, but I was just, like, outlandish, like, st- stupid shit. And it's almost, like, on par with the show because it's, like, he's leading another life, you know, and he gets mm-hmm. out of it, and then here you go again. He's going to go go through his story, gets into trouble, and then somehow finds a way out of it. Or even if he doesn't want to, is thrust out of it or upon it. Um, I just really wanted to touch on something else in episode one. Um, the Infinity Stones are, you yeah. know, the most powerful items in the cosmos. And there's a scene where they're all before him. And he, you know, this is what he wanted. this like ultimate power. And it's like, oh, these are just paperweights, which I is like mind blowing to us as a viewer and to Loki in the show, which is, oh, that was just a great moment. It's like, wow, there's something far bigger and better and scarier than Thanos with six stones. And I think that also just ties into like how much bigger the threat is going to be for the MCU as well. Oh yeah. And just, and just like, so like throughout the whole episode, Loki's just like, eh, what is this? This is just some trick, you know, like there's, this is just some weird illusion, you know, this means nothing. And then it's just that moment when he just sees that drawer full of, basically useless infinity stones and he's just like oh shit this is real you know like mm-hmm. this is this is probably like the like the strongest power known to you know humanity or just like existence in general it's and um and like from there it's just like it's this show is just such an interesting combination of like thriller meets kind of like crime like crime like show with like comedy and a little bit of action and it's just it's a hodgepodge of so many like things that feel like on paper should be just a jumbled mess but it works so well with this like sector of like the marvel universe 
Yeah, they they have that room to explore too. I mean, we kind of know where Sam and Wanda and Bucky and Vision are at with the stories we've had. With Loki, he's kind of been like mostly one dimensional. Yeah, he's he's gonna you know do good and then backstab, and then here they can real since they can you know go through time and go wherever they want. They could really like explore different ideas and ways of finding things out with different characters and uh, seeing different characters. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Owen Wilson being Mobius. That Dude. was that was good. That was he did a good job too, and it was convincing. Owen... And their dynamic is really well worked, just really well. Dude, Owen Wilson is like if if Tom Hiddleston wasn't considered MVP for the show, like Owen Wilson, like it's strange. It's like he is the most and also not the most Owen Wilson character he's ever played. <laughs> right? It's so strange, but it. It's like it works so well, and yeah. it's he's just such a fun character. It's like it's just a, such a fun like side character that you always want to know what's going on with him. It's like you you want him to like succeed. You want him to get that jet ski at the end. <laughs> we were all hoping for that, but uh, yeah, I mean they've worked together in another movie I think called One Night in Paris. But yeah, so again they oh yeah they just have that history, and then they just they just bring it to another level and. You know, th- with him playing Mobius as like good cop, bad copish to Loki, it, it is, you know, they flesh each other out and they just, the way they figured, it's just really well done and well written. I can't, I can't get over it. Um, and, and also just their chemistry is just so, like, you can just see the chemistry oozing out of the screen when you watch them in, in a scene together. It's insane. Yeah. It's, um, it's done really well. Um, but, Speaking of interesting characters, uh, well, I guess you can just consider like the TVA in general is just like an interesting like environment because like when you think of TVA, it's like this big authority that it manages time and space and makes sure that everything runs in a direct line, or and at then, least the outcome they want, right? Exactly. And then you like look in, you look inside, and it's like. 70s <laughs> like it it looks like it should it should be like an old business office with like mm-hmm. crappy old technology but you know they just manage the timeline and it's such an interesting environment to be in and it just creates another like interesting um space for them to play in i i want i want to get your opinions of just about like your overall reactions to like seeing like the tva for the first time um, I thought it was, uh, you know, they're super futuristic, but, you know, they have, like, retro TVs and, you know, technology, and then they have this, like, AI character that, like, talks to them. So it, it's a nice aesthetic for time travel, I think. It was, they could have gone, like, super futuristic, but it would have been, like, you know, more of the same. And I think, again, they they flip expectations on her head, and they just, you know, here's the backdrop of the time travelers, you know, managing and you know, snipping through time. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed that. I want to give a shout out to whoever came up with the idea of making one of those old school animated like like instructional videos because that was like so spot on, and it just reminds me so much of those very old like Walt Disney presents like featurettes where it'd be like him ta- like him talking about like. 
you know, transportation or something like that. But it's just like that old, mm-hmm. like hand drawn style. I don't know if it was hand drawn, but they made it look, oh yeah, just like it came out of the seventy, like yeah. like mid sixties, early seventies. Felt like a retro great. cartoon, like it's something on Boomerang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've kind of talked about episode one to pretty much yeah, a good. But extent just already. to cap it off, our little recap that we're doing, and of course talking about. It, you know, Mobius says, like, hey, you're going to be a Loki that helps me catch other Lokis or another Loki. Where it's like, oh, that's the variant. You know, another cool twist. I, you know, I was expecting, you know, some other mischievous hijinks. Like, oh, you're literally going to be hunting yourself. And if mm-hmm. it goes with the theme of all the Marvel shows of like inward reflection, thinking, and, you know, the greatest enemy, you know, one of the greatest enemies you're going to fight is yourself, you know, with uh, Wanda. F- uh, facing her past and her guilt and trauma, um, Sam facing like the new role and title, and you know stepping into the new role of people. You know, whenever someone new comes in the scene, it's like you have to deal with that, or you know, it doesn't meet up with their expectations. And then Loki, it's it's I feel like it's like amalgamation of all that, as well as like he's facing himself, another version of himself, and he has to come <laughs> to terms with all the choices he's made before and the expectations he set for himself. So the, mm-hmm. the Marvel theme of the TV shows is strong in you know, facing yourself yeah. and inward reflection. Now, I know like there, there's a lot of good episodes. I mean, for, for a six episode season, like there's a lot of good episodes, but for some reason I can't help, but cut just like, I think about episode two because if you like look at it, it's like okay, well, it leads up to, um, you know, finding the variant Loki at the end of the episode. But I can't help but like like the whole sequence of like Loki and Mobius trying to like look through like records and try to figure out like how uh, the variant was just you know traveling through time without ever being detected or always slipping away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one touch of Loki stumbling upon the records of when Ragnarok happened and having Ragnarok destroy um, Asgard. So just to add on to the last episode of him going through like his history, pretty much, and like just seeing like, oh, Asgard got destroyed by Ragnarok and like the details of how it happened. It even was... says on the file, it says the Revengers too. There's a little, <laughs> little line. <laughs> I, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's really that's cool. I, I saw it twice, so it's like you know, looking for little things like that. Um, okay, there, okay. there is mention of the Revengers, but yeah, they they talk about you know world ending world ending events where they could probably find um, the variant Loki they're looking for. Oh God, and it was interesting. It's like <laughs> it's it kind of like it goes into that like thought process some people have or thing. It's like, well, this is going to happen anyway. Why don't we just do it? And it's like, oh. So we can cause mischief in an area where it's going to, you know, everyone's going to be annihilated anyway. What better spot to find the other Loki that we're looking for? And yeah, they're just like, it, it was kind of a kick to see him like just fucking around in Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, like, that was the it's, it's like, I love, I love the part where he opened the kit, like the, the cart full of goats. It's like, go be free, my goat brethren. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like a really nice touch for being like Loki, you know, like 
always having like the ram's horns and other like stuff like that i thought that was a good touch but yeah so they they figure that out and then they go to the way future a disaster in the future um 2050 alabama 29 years from now um a little bit on the nose too with the hurricane (laughs) causing problems you know (laughs) because of global warming anyway yeah Um, climate change i should say not just global warming but yeah yeah and then they go they go to that big supermarket which was another shout out um i'm I'm forgetting the name shit man well i i'll look it up i don't even remember the name (laughs) well while you look that up um but yeah they go to they go to the supermarket where they think they can find um the the variant loki and it's just it was such an interesting sequence because you know one of the one of the TVA agents gets like taken and then turns out um the variant loki can do like mind control and so it's just like the variant just kept like hopping between different people by like touching their temple and just kind of like having a conversation with loki and then by the by a certain point you know um the variant reveals themselves and it turns out to be a the female loki yes it was it was a good reveal um i i kind of wasn't expecting that i mean people were hinting like at it and you know had theories it's like oh cool they're doing it and it's like dope you know we haven't seen this you know before and it was it was a nice touch and it's very interesting because of course um the variant says oh it's like don't call me loki you know my it's like my name is sylvie it's like oh okay so basically uh marvel decided to kind of combine like the female Loki character from the comics and then also Enchantress. So we have this kind of like combination of both characters into one. So it's like she's technically a Loki, but she's more built up to be the MCU's Enchantress at some point. Definitely. And she still has that room to even become that and change her name. And, you know, probably joke, you change your name again, you know, and just... Mm-hmm. Marvel is really good about repurposing, um, you know, because they have so much to pull from with their comics and media that they can make mesh something together and mesh it really well. Right. Now, oh, the supermarket is called Rock's Cart, by the way. Rock's Cart. Thank you. Another another shout out to the comic books as well. But yeah, it's just it's just very interesting because I. I like ever since the first episode, people are always like, "Oh, you know, they're gonna have um, the variant Loki. Is it gonna be, you know, uh, the female Loki from the from the comics, or is it gonna be some kind of other Loki?" Um, and so it's really cool to have this kind of different take on the character. And then, of course, from there, you know, um, she kind of had the trap all set with all those. Um, those like time resetters that she's always been taking from, um, yeah, her like dark time grenades essentially. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, almost uh, causing uh, a rip in, in into the uh, the timeline. Um, and so she kind and 
she's going away. And then, of course, Loki has one of those moments where it's like, do I stay or do I go? And then, of course, he ends up going, making himself look like he just betrayed the TVA. Yeah. Um, but it just, you know, he's, we know that he's not all good, you know, he wasn't going to stay behind. Like, he's like, oh, he's going to go. And just the way they like, they pull us in, it's like, oh, he's going. And it's, ah, oh, it was just like, oh, right. he's getting way more interesting with that pulling at the end. Um, and also it's like, come on, it's Loki. Like, he, I think he's going to be more intrigued to see who this other Loki is. Yeah. Um, I know you said two was like one of your favorite episodes, but for me, uh, the following episode, Lamentis, episode three, was one of my favorites. I think it was... Oh, dude. It, it, it really encapsulates the character of Loki, um, like, some of the Marvel magic, some of us questioning, like, what's going to happen next, and it's just, like, they talk more about the enchanting power, and I was even wondering, like, oh, is Loki already learned to enchant um, Sylvie or Sylvie enchanting Loki all this time, and we find out later that not really, but it's like, oh, you know, the the fact that we're like having dialogue, we're talking about thinking like, oh shit, this new power that we're seeing between the Lokis that they're unlocking is is really cool. And oh, but no, yeah, yeah. I, I also want to say that apparently, um, episode three had uh, oh no, this is something else, but like the reviews for episode three went like compared to one and two went down, but then start to go back up, which I think. It's interesting it's so strange. It's a really good episode. I mean, I guess as a, I mean, I'm a super big Marvel like fan, but you know, hella biased. But just, mm. I thought like the stakes were really high. It was well written, and oh, yeah. it had a really like really cool cliffhanger ending. And I, but I guess that's, it was maybe I'm gonna guess predictable in a sense. Still, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. Yeah, like like I thought this episode was fantastic. Like it. Like you said, it had all all of like kind of like the good bits that you needed to that could have been like a Marvel production into this one episode, and just kind of like you're in this like weird new planet, like in the future, you know. There's this basically this moon is like colliding with this planet. It's like a doomsday situation, and they have to figure out a way to get get off the planet because their uh, their temp pad broke. And um, I don't know if you watch the uh, the behind the scenes uh, like uh, Marvel's. Uh, oh, I haven't yet. I haven't assembled. watched for any of them. I, that's what I need to go back and do. So, is watch the behind the scenes. I so, did for Mandalorian though. I, uh, you'll see in this episode, but I kind of want to say just because I thought it was really cool, and I think it makes me appreciate this episode even more. So, the last scene when they're they're running to the ship. To try to get off the planet, that whole set was all practical. Oh, what they made that they made that entire set practical from from when they get out of the tunnel to start running towards the ship, and like that whole sequence is all practical, like stage set. Oh man, that must have been awesome to film too. It really like brings it to life, like their oh, films yeah. and stuff. Oh, that's now, I like that's great. I'm I'm glad I know that now. Now, of course, they still add like little special effects here and there, but of like course, the buildings, course. the road, like every, like every little like like tiny structure that just kind of run past was all practical, and it was great. I, I do want to say with the building, 
um, we see a power mm-hmm. we haven't seen from Loki before. Um, it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. he can revert the building back, and this raised a couple of, or even a few questions with me, like, one, did he pocket a time stone, like, to reverse that? That was a thought I had. Like, he couldn't do this before, or, you know, uh, two, was he just, like, super leveling up and learning new things along the way because he's super in stress, or was it, is it, like, number three, like, he's always had this power, and now he's just, like, really, like, I gotta use it, and, or, you know, it might take a lot out of me, but because it's, like, literally i'm about to die it's okay to like mm. use all my strength to stop a building so that was that was quite a moment for sure it, it yeah it was very interesting because we've never seen him do something like that before at least to that extent in any of the movies and to kind of fast forward a little bit um loki even says like he's not really one to use a lot of magic or to have strong magical abilities kind of like that yeah. So it's it's interesting that maybe if it's just like it was a spur of the moment because it was like a dire situation that he just kind of like instinctually just did it, or if it's because that he was with Sylvie, like maybe kind of like seeing her use more like kind of like more use like magical abilities, maybe kind of tap something within him to make him kind of like at least not in the moment, but like eventually like oh. You know, maybe I can use like more magic than I was able to before. You know. Yeah, and we see he like green like magic blasts people too. I was like, where was this before? This would have been really cool. I think with the they make fun of like the duplication and uh, making decoys, but uh, he he did that in explanation of duplication. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) he does that in Thor one, which I was like, even though it was, um, you know, there's a lot of. People say problems with Thor one, but Loki for me always stole the show in Thor one, and he like did the thing where he like made like copies of himself. I was like, oh, this is sick, and we really don't see it again though. <laughs> well, no, and, well, no, if you forget that he did that in Avengers when he sur- when he surrounded that crowd. Um, that's true. Like he blocked Damn, off I, all like exits with like copies. That. Yeah. yeah, but just we, we don't really see it again, but they right. do like hint at it. Um, damn, I guess I have to go go back and watch <laughs> Avengers 1, uh, <laughs> which of course I will but, enjoy. Uh, but yeah, it's just the stakes were super high, and we're seeing you know newfound powers between both Loki's, and you know, they're, they're both kind of like figuring each other out, like what's this Loki's deal, and you know, they even though they're trying to kill each other, still trying to survive at the same time, right. And we forgot to we forgot to talk about this character, so I just want to go back to it. But um, the Judge Renslayer, kind of like the kind of like the de facto kind of uh, authority figure in the TVA, like is yeah. like the what the one that talks to the, the timekeepers, the, <laughs> the, the timekeepers. Um, like at her first appearance, it's like okay, you know, it's you know she's like the judge and stuff like that. But it's like th- slowly yeah. through the series you start to kind of get these weird feelings about oh, yeah. like her true her true like plans and her true kind of um yeah intentions of finding sylvie yeah, you, you see the seams kind of start to rip um on her as time goes by in the show especially in the the episode after uh lamentis episode four like you really start to like it, 
that's when I think like really starts to kind of like sink in. It's like, okay, she is not on the right <laughs> in this in this situation. No. And it's like she no she is doing this to cover not only her ass, but just kind of like the whole like TVA's ass in general. Maybe for and, a good reason, because uh, a lot of Marvel, you know, uh, I'm going to say nerds, I say that endearingly, did their homework. And in the lore, uh, Ravona or Ravana Renslayer um, is the lover of Kang the Conqueror. So people are like, oh, oh shit. she must be working for Kang and we're going to see Kang the Conqueror later in the series. So people were like doing their homework, and I was like, "That is, you know, I, I did some research too." I was like, "Oh, I haven't heard about this character." And again, like they did with um, with uh, Agatha and uh, WandaVision, you know, they just bringing mm-hmm. back old source material and using an old character, but still breathing new life into them, and still we expect things out of them, and just they still flip things on our head about what they will be or do. And see, that's why I can appreciate Marvel Studios for all the. It's like, yeah, they have to, like, tweak things to make it make sense in, like, a cinematic standpoint. But, yes. like, as much as, like, I was, like, a big, like, Spider-Man and X-Men fan when I was a kid. Um, if it wasn't for, like, the movies and other shows, like, there was a lot of, like, smaller characters that they know that big comic book fans will appreciate. And they'll just throw them into a TV show here or a movie there. That I would have probably never really known about until I saw them on like TV or on the on the big screen. So I, I really appreciate like having whether it's like snippets of these characters or having them become part of the fold in the big story and being able to like go on the like on Google and like look them up. It's like, oh shit, these characters are really cool. Hey, they're in this yeah. comic. Maybe I should go read this. So yeah. Obviously, obviously, it's probably it has to be somewhat part of their plan. Like they want people to do that, but it's still cool because it makes me enjoy something even more than I already did. You know, so it's really cool. Yeah, um, it's it's a really really good callbacks. Yeah, and so you know, now that we're in episode four, things are starting to get really off the chain. Because, um, you know, the the planet is, like, minutes away from being destroyed. And, you know, Loki and Sylvia have kind of, like, lost hope. But then they kind of, um, for lack of a better, better term, kind of, like, console in themselves. I, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, apparently that creates, like, the biggest fracture in time than anything. And then, but it gives them a pinpoint for the TVA to go find them and bring them out. But of course, now that they're back at the TVA, they are basically going to be put to quote-unquote trial by the quote-unquote timekeepers. It is just like a little tiny piece of the episode, but I want to say it was kind of cool to have um to see what a TVA like prison would be like where it's oh, just yeah. a moment a moment in time being replayed over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah. We oh. see uh, Lady Sif just keep 
kicking the shit Dude. out of Loki, which was a nice Dude. throwback in itself too. It was like, oh, and I know that she was in Shield. I, I didn't watch it, but that nice throwback to yeah. that, as well as Thor one and two, and like, you know, the character's still here, which you know they could uh, use her again later as well. So that was that was a nice surprise. I know I was I was pretty excited to see her back on the screen because. Yeah, the last time she was really on screen for anything Marvel was that one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then she was mentioned in Ragnarok being off-world, doing some kind of mission or, you know, whatever. But it's like, we haven't seen Lady Sif in a long time, so it was, like, really cool. It's like, oh, cool, you know, she's still, like, like she's still in their thoughts. Like, she could still be there. But that was fun, just kind of seeing her being looped around, you know, being mad at Loki and kind of like smacking him up a bit. And we get to a point where kind of Loki just kind of, you know, he doesn't break down, but he kind of like, Hey, you know, yeah, that was a pretty fucked up thing for me to do. You know, I was lashing out. I'm just kind of, you know, wanted to be loved. And I know that, I keep pushing people away and it's like, I'm sorry. And just that one little scene where like the, the simulation of lady Sif is just like, what the fuck? And then she kind of goes in, like leans into Loki. And it's like, it's like, no, it's like, no one's going to love you ever going to love you. <laughs> it's like, fuck. That's just like, I feel like that did more damage than her just wailing on him for the yeah, past. Like that hour one hit the hardest for sure. <laughs> it's like, shit. Those little tiny lines that will just like get you. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. But then, you know, Mobius breaks him out and he, you know, he finds a recording of Lens, Ren, Lenslayer, Renslayer okay. interrogating uh, one of the um, TVA agents and just what happens to it and or to her and then like her methodology is like, oh, Mobius starts to question who he's working for and what he's doing, breaks Loki out. And then <laughs> we we don't expect this to happen, but they have these like sticks, these like magic sticks, and they when they touch them, the, the end the of them pruning, send, the pruning sticks, the pruning sticks, yeah, and they just send them to this dimension far away, or we, as far as we knew, we didn't know the time. Like if oh maybe they were dead, they just to this, to this, to this point, we we assume that they're just wiped from existence. Yeah, like altogether. just cut from any timeline, and we see Mobius get fucking cut, and we're like oh shit. Mobius, <laughs> I, no. I didn't that, right? Oh, no jet ski oh. for you. Um, no. All yeah, they wanted him. And then they, you know, Renslayer brings the Lokis before the timekeepers, you know, these three like alien looking motherfuckers in chairs, like Kang knockoffs. It's like, you must face judgment, pretty much. That's what they're saying. And they're like, you know what? This is our chance as Lokis. Let's take down the timekeepers. And so, you know, they have a nice fight scene. They work together. And, of course, Marvel, with their great reveals, they try to kill one of them, and they find out they're just, like, androids or robots. They're not even fucking real this like timekeepers. Quick on. sling of a knife and just, like, cuts one of the heads off. You're like, oh, shit, what just happened? It's like, no, wait. Mm-mm-mm. And this they're like laughing it. and bobbing their heads and shit. I was laughing. <laughs> it was like, oh my very, God. very cartoonish, really. Like, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, then they're like, oh shit, what just happened? 
what do we do? And of course, you know, they surprise us again. Loki's like, oh, I might confess my feelings for myself. A little weird. But, um, and then, you know, we see Loki get pruned. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> what happens? And then, you know, Sylvie takes this time to kind of subdue Renslayer. And it's like, tell me everything. Of course, Renslayer doesn't. But we just assume Loki is dead. But, of course, the episode um, has a nice little surprise with us. Um, the only post-credit scene. Yeah, it's the po- it is the post-credits. The only post-credit um, scene in this series. It um, Loki wakes up, and he's in this world, and he's told to wake up. But he is uh, before, I think, one, two, three. Yeah, four other Lokis. Like, you know, get up and move. We got to go. And we see, like the proud loki with like almost like a thor hammer um the old school like comic accurate loki, loki. The, 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 yeah, yeah the one with like the costume where he fights the avengers for the first time we have kid loki um the apparently who's apparently the oldest loki who's been there the longest and then of course uh crocodile loki <laughs> which was interesting did not expect that <laughs> the new alligator loki <laughs> yeah or alligator my bad oh. my bad reptiles so I just want to like give like a shout out to B15 because so far throughout this whole season, she was just kind of like the top like TVA agent, you know, always right hand like, person. pretty much. And like, she's always just kind of been like, I'm watching you, Loki. I'm, I'm going to make sure that you don't do anything funny. And, you know, she's like ready to like, it's like, let's just, you know, prune them and get it over with. But then when she, in episode two, when she got kind of uh, taken control of by Sylvie, and with that, it's just kind of like opened her mind to like her past. Because, oh yeah, by the way, everybody in the TVA is just pretty much just kidnapped people from time and space. Like they all mm-hmm. had, re- they all, they're all regular people that had lives. So that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, we find out they're all variants, which is what they're pretty you know, much. chase. Which is kind of ironic. It's just like you're you're hunting the people that you are, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she gets her mind like kind of brought back to her, and like she's like, you know, what? It's like, it's like, what's going on? It's like, what we, we have to do? And at the last moment, when everything felt dire, the elevator door opens, and B fifteen is just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, unlocks Loki and Sylvie's fucking uh, handcuffs and shit throws him a weapon and starts like beating on other agents like yeah b15 mm-hmm. yeah let's do it yeah um but if, but we don't actually see much of her until the end of the series after that which is kind of unfortunate but you know what can you do cuz from there we have to go to the cool mystical kind of like limbo world i think uh, yeah where all the prune but, people go at the end of the end of time uh, I think uh, they called it the void. Yeah, the void. Um, so we assumed that this was going to be coming at some point in the series. How do you think? How well do you think they pulled off uh, this v- void world? Um, I think they did a really good job, and we see n- so many Easter eggs in this void world too. Of like variants of like um oh, what's his name? Yellow jacket from Ant Man. There's like a rusty dude, thing. Like I, that. I was like dude, I was like super excited to see that. It's like, oh shit, that's yeah, yellow jacket. There's a helicarrier there. 
there's an Avengers Tower with Kang's name on it, but spelled differently. Um, there's the Thanos Copter, which, you know, is a joke <laughs> Shout out. Comics. Yeah. Shout out to the Thanos Copter. So they, <laughs> they making put, <laughs> It's making its live MCU appearance. But yeah, they put that shit in there for fans that they would notice. And there's even this, like, all-powerful character called the Living Tribunal. There's, like, a statue of him broken. And it's, like, of course, the kudos to, like, the the artistic people and the background animators or whatever, just those little Easter eggs for us to find good shit. <laughs> good shit. But yeah, they did a good job with the void world. What do you think? I thought it was really clever. Cause it's kind of like, have, uh, have you ever heard, you've heard of, uh, the Epic Mickey game, right? Uh, is that the one where you like, he like painted and stuff? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I do then. <laughs> um, well, it just reminded me that because, like, the premise of like that was just like it was kind of like a world of like forgotten ideas, and that's what this void world kind of felt like. Except it's just like variant war, like, like instead of like forgotten ideas, it was uh, multi multiverses that kind of got thrown into this void to kind of keep them sealed and locked away. And I thought it was really interesting, especially um, <laughs> the hideout scene. Where they mm. they go to the Loki hideout, and on the way down we see in a jar <laughs> Frog Thor. Yeah, Throg. that was that was like referenced like in like wasn't like Thor Dark World. There was like reference that like Loki turned Thor into a frog, or was that Loki? Was that Thor one? I I don't such even a, it was them it was such it. a long time ago, but it was just like it's like oh shit, that's Frog Thor. Yeah, and um, he's. Rock Thor is a thing in the comics too, so it's just like if you heard it in the show or know it from the lore, it's just again their Easter eggs on point. And apparently, Chris Hemsworth voiced the frog too. Yeah, um, accor- according to f- a few places, uh, it was the uncredited voice cameo. So that was kind. That was kind of like a nice touch. <laughs> so it makes me wonder. It's like, oh, what's Frog Thor a variant? You know, did he? It's like, yeah. what if Thor just a frog the whole time? That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we get that. Me- oh no, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go, go for it. Go say, for it makes it. me think of that meme people have been drawing. It's like, I have to tell you something, son, and it shows uh, alligator or crocodile Loki. You are adopted, and it's Odin like talking to him seriously, <laughs> <laughs> like someone like rendered dope ass art of that. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. That's wanted to shout out to that oh, no. nice art I keep seeing circulated. Oh, but yeah, but like, this is just, this episode is just like a, a amalgamation of a whole bunch of like Easter eggs, because we get to the Loki hideout, right? And they're trying to figure out what to do, because they have the big giant um, cloud, Alioth. Is that how you pronounce it? Iloth, Alioth, I don't know. Ailoth. The actual gas cloud that works in Marvel. Let's go with that. The actual gas cloud monster is actually a gas cloud monster. Um, but yeah, so there's this big creature that just roams the void and just basically just consumes any and all matter in the void, regardless of what it is. And so they figure out that like in order to find a way to get out, they have to go like they have to beat that thing somehow. And so Loki is just trying to like our Loki is trying to like convince the other Lokis to try to help him. And lo and behold, there is another rebel gang of Lokis that breaks in 
to the lair, and it's the whole amalgamation of Loki's being led by what I assume is fan favorite President Loki. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the the proud Loki, uh, double crossed kid Loki, classic Loki, alligator Loki, and our Loki. And it just became this hilarious, like slapstick, just kind of like all out Loki battle royale. And it was just, <laughs> it was just zany to watch. What we uh, see a, a Loki dismembered and a bicycle helmet Loki. Th- it is true. We see we see a. a a few many Lokis, especially some um apparently from what I've read, uh, like original like variant Lokis for the show, which is kind of neat. But yeah, it's it's just such a fun thing to see. It's it's just a little extra fun, like seeing all these Lokis, and of course Tom Hilson was also playing the president Loki, and he's kinda like being like larger than life, kind of like hamming it up a little bit. And then having him interact with with himself is just fantastic. Um, Joel, I, w- I want to get your opinions on just kind of like this whole sequence, the whole Loki <laughs> affair. Oh, the the Loki battle royale. Yeah, it was fun. Again, we see like the Lokis using magic and weapons, and there's them kind of like kicking each other's ass, and it's marvel theme of you know fighting yourself literally they're fighting each other and killing each other it's it was great and you know even proud i almost said thor proud loki who did the double cross I, i'm pretty sure they all just end up killing each other because you know that's what loki's do they double cross backstab so um yeah. it was and, a it was definitely a nice touch and I think what became like a fan favorite for this episode, classic Loki, I feel like he did a very good setup line during this scene where it's like he was basically kind of like, you know, so many Lokis have relied on weaponry too much where our greatest strength is in our magic, mm-hmm. you know, and it's basically kind of setting up like, like if you thought Loki was strong already, like imagine what he, what a Loki, a Loki could do if they fully tapped into their magical abilities and it, um we get to see that later on in the episode but before we get oh, there hell yeah but yeah we have a little uh sylvie ends up pruning herself to get away from Renslayer, and she f- brings i think she brings her little uh tva control i don't remember if it goes with her but um alioth alioth the the void cloud is about to eat her, and she, you know, she's, you know, looks like she's not going to make it. And then, lo and behold, uh, uh, Lightning McQueen comes to rescue her. Ciao! <laughs> in the car, the fucking was, pizza car. Yeah, the pizza car. You know, has the, uh, the I'm gonna keep wanting to say Steve McQueen, the Lightning McQueen colors. And you know, he gets her out of there. And uh, the, they didn't talk about it. I mean, we didn't talk about it yet. But um, what draws the creature to them is when the Loki's use magic. That's when it, it knows to go to them. You know, I didn't I didn't put that together until now. I'm kind of sad that I didn't. That's actually a cool a cool touch. Yeah, actually. Um, Chow. I, I I just like making the joke that the car that Mobius found was a a, a variant Pizza Planet truck. I'm sure pizza, they're gonna say it is car. Like five years from now. In, in the back, there's a little like if you look really closely, there's a piece of dirt that looks like Sid's face. <laughs> like a little, a little like off-brand Buzz yeah, Lightyear or yeah. something like that. Yeah, um, there's a snake in my bird. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
so eventually through all of that chaos, um, they all kind of converge back together. And um, you're right. Sylvie did take that temp pad, but she ended up giving it back to Mobius so he can go back to the TVA oh, yeah, and yeah. do his shenanigans back there. But it's just kind of like getting the team together. And so um, they convinced the classic Loki to, to kind of stay, but not right away. Um so like kid Loki's like, I'm not, I'm, I told you I was going to get you guys here. And now that you guys are here, I'm going to leave. But Hey, you know, take, take this dagger. And he gives him like this nice gold dagger, which I believe has comic relevance, right? I, I think so. Uh, I, I know I have a, uh, I think it's a young Avengers and he does. I think he does fight with it. I'll have to, do- I'll have to double check my lore. <laughs> But yeah, like this Loki with the gold sword is pretty, pretty standard. I'd say pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so it's Loki and Sylvie, and they're gonna go fight Alioth, and like it's pretty much a like impossible task, like by themselves, because they have to figure out a way to either destroy or just get it out of the way, and so. Like Sylvie was gonna do some like magic stuff while Loki was trying to do a distraction. And I thought it was just like a little badass moment when like Loki just kind of like lights his dagger on fire, like does like a little bit of magic oh, and yeah. his dagger lights on fire and it's just like kind of using Yeah. And um they you know, they want to try to enchant it to figure out what to do. And then we get probably I don't know, one of the best moments in the show. Um, they need a distraction, and both of uh, you know Sylvie and uh, MCU Loki are, um, you know, kind of entangled, for lack of a better word. And so the classic Loki who had reservations decides to conjure up Asgard to draw the Void Cloud to him, and you know, <laughs> give them time. Which was like a great moment. Of course, he says the line he says from Avengers, you know, glorious purpose. And you see, you know, they really animate him really well. And, you know, the actor is good, good actor too. It's just, it's just a great feel, you know, like, you know what the moment is and it's just like, Oh, you just revel in it, you know, and he's reveling in it. It's just, it's just S rank, you know, it's just good shit. Yeah. Like Richard E. Grant, who played classic Loki, just fucking nailed this character oh, so yeah. well. And it's so sad that we only got one episode to really see what he could do. Yeah. One episode of Loki, one episode of Star Wars, but hey, he's he's picking stuff up. I mean, he was in the Logan movie. I didn't even realize that. Like, someone pointed it out to me. I was like, oh shit, he's like a scientist. <laughs> so, you know, Marvel, reusing their actors. Good shit, Marvel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a, a, a fine moment dare I say, maybe the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so with that, they're able to enchant Alioth, and you know, it sh- it's, it's basically the end of the episode, and shows like, hey, there's something beyond me, beyond time. And it's like, wow. Beyond like this, the void. Yeah, the, the whole episode is it's really good. Um, and of course, I the episode is called Journey into Mystery, which is... Uh, like Marvel's like 
side series of comics where they could do they don't have to focus on generally one character they could like like one journey to missing me thor another one can be into about loki it's like that's where i believe where thor and loki first appeared so that's of course in itself an easter egg oh that's so, cool yeah the that's whole really cool. like, episode yeah and of course episode just recap episode one's called glorious purpose episode two the variant three lamentous four nexus event Five Journey into Mystery, and then of course six, the motto we hear in the beginning for all time, always. Oh, and what an episode it was, man! Oh man, like, it was. Oh, they, they. I don't know about you, but this episode felt like it could have been almost a movie in itself. Like every, every scene in this episode just felt so good, and I don't know why. <laughs> just well done you know uh, graphics on point and um we're, we're going to be jumping around I, I think a lot with this episode of course because we're going to be talking about he who remains and i was geeking out over, over that since you know i knew it was him um <laughs> but um basically um b going back to b15 she shows other tva officers like, like hey we're all variants they even show a variant of renslayer and she or the original one She's like a teacher. Oh it's my like, god, what are you guys that was doing? so good. That was a nice twist. I was like, what? We get to see her variant too? So that was dope. Like oh, she, she literally just like lures him down a hallway into like the office where Renslayer, or at least what was Renslayer, and is just like, see what the fuck I'm talking about? Like B15, like fucking pulling miracles here. Yeah, you know? seriously. But the attraction of this episode, he who remains. Yeah. God damn it. They picked the perfect actor for this role. Shout out to that actor, Jonathan Majors. He was in uh, My Wife Show Me The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Really good movie. He did really well in that. And he was also on the show called uh, Lovecraft Country. Also, really good sci fi and, you know, kind of taps into things of lovecraft really well done and you know he is just a fucking good actor and how he does he who remains is just it, it's so casual and captivating at the same time it's like he's so he's so like free-spirited in a way but to a point where it's kind of almost like disturbing and it's like you know like he means like he can be trouble if he wants to be, but it's just like, he's just like, oh yeah, you know, it's like, you can kill me if you want. Yeah. But and he, if you do that, he even gives them like, a, he messes with them a few times, showing them like, it's, it's not even possible until he gives them that option. Um, he's like using like, a, basically like a teleporter or like time travel to like, nope, nope, nope. Sorry. Can't even touch this. No matter how far, you, cl how close you get, you'll, you're very far. And he's just basically um, saying, like, I've, you know, kept this timeline the way it is, but, you know, I'm going to let you actually choose, you know, use your free will. Like, I've been preventing all these things and other variants and other conquerors like him, you know, kind of paved the way. And, or, you know, he's making sure they don't pave the way. It's like, you know what, I'm going to leave it up to you guys of what you want to do. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, and of course, you know, we, the Lokis have a, a tussle about it and they fight over it but in the end you know sylvie completes her goal she kills the head like timekeeper he who oh remains 
And it was, you know, it's oh, it was just you know, you just talk about it. <laughs> no, it's it's just like it's such a it's such a good like couple scenes because it's like yeah, like everything he's saying is true, but it's been like their mission, and especially for Sylvie, to find this person and to like kill them for basically kind of in a way that yes, he's trying to like save the timeline but then at the same time it's kind of like ruining all these people's lives without knowing it and it's just like he's just laying all the cards out on the table it's like okay well you can either take my position or you could kill me and that will cause the nexus event and there are more versions like me but they are more terrifying and threatening than i am right now and like you said like sylvie's like no, I need to kill him. This was my mission. I've been waiting for this day for so many years. And Loki is like, okay, but wait. What if he's telling the truth? And that's when they start to butt heads. And it also gives us another great line from this series. Because um, Loki's like, the reason like, the reason why we're fighting like this is because you can't trust anybody and I can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. And, and it, that that becomes just kind of like, I believe, like kind of like the full circle development of this new Loki, where it's just like he knows that with everything that's gone on in his life, that has created this reputation for not just him, but for every Loki, which like Lokis can't be trusted, and it just creates like this never ending cycle of just kind of like despair and being kind of casted aside and and like what happens they both fight each other and then it seems like at one moment they might have a reconciliation and then like sylvie just throws him in through a a portal back to the tva and he's like no i'm doing this and we get the the stab of he who not uh, he who remains he who did remain until that point. <laughs> and the multiverse is unleashed. We see the timelines branching and oh, it's God. it's crazy. People the fans are very talented. They go back. They've underlined like he says a line like if you do this, you will unleash the multiverse, you know, multiverse of medicine, and there will be no way home. No way home, of course, is uh, oh, Spider-Man I didn't even movie. catch that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that too. And people oh, wow. synced up also, like, oh, something is happening. When he's saying something is happening, people have noticed that it lines up with when Scarlet Witch is fighting um, Agatha. Agatha. Yeah, Dude, so I, I, I did see that. And crazy that, people uh, putting that together. I didn't even think about that. Just fans, man, they're they're on it. It like if anybody that hasn't seen it, just like look it up on YouTube or something. It's so interesting to watch because on one side you have, you know, Wanda fully embracing the chaos magic and becoming scarlet witch like that big transformation scene of her becoming scarlet witch and then you see the scene of he who not rem- or he who remain I, I keep saying he who not remains cuz you know now he's <laughs> we not there him Mortis. that's what he's based on if you really want he, I, i'm yeah. good king it's like no you're lame anyway <laughs> but he who remains is that scene where he, like he just kind of sits there for a second? He has like that puzzled look on his face. And he's just kind of like looking around, and then he's like, "It's like, like this is this is where it stops. This is where it ends. 
I don't know what happens from this point. And it's just Wild. like, that's when, that's just when everything runs loose. Yeah. Everything and, just breaks. And it's, it gives us also like, because there's so many variants that can come, like Marvel literally just gave themselves free reign to bring in any character, any way, any time, if they want. That that's basically they wrote themselves like an open check to do that. And oh, we yeah. also forgot to mention really quickly, like we see Renslayer get away. We don't know where she goes. So she'll definitely be back um to cause some mischief, um, for sure. It's gotta but take yeah, care of business. Yeah, you know, the fact that like Amortis was like hinting he he does like a little animation really quick with something he has. He shows like the Kangs in the future fighting each other. I that was really cool. It's like, oh shit, Kangs have been fighting each other and will. It was like, oh, this is this is awesome because for those who are kind of familiar with Marvel, or if you're not, Kang is like, you know, one of the biggest threats to all Marvel heroes and villains, like X Men, Avengers, whoever you name it. Kang goes and fucks with them, and he's like super cheat mode. You know, he keeps going back in time to do things and be stronger and beat whoever he has to beat. But of course, you know, he always loses because he's a bad guy. But it's it's exciting exciting to see them set up one of the biggest villains, and I'm like sure. With Kang, he will give rise to, you know, other villains we've been waiting to see, like Doom, Mephisto, and so forth. But I'm pretty sure, if I were to guess, they're going to set up Secret Wars with Kang and Doom, which they're going to be, you know, they're going to go at it because they're big-time villains. And I'm this is what I've been waiting for. I mean, you know, Mysterio was our Avengers-level threat, like he said. But, you know, that was good. Thanos was amazing. But with Kang, now, my expectations are really high with Kang and everything that's about to come. So, and just so many possibilities. Like, I think, yeah, I think it's, is it confirmed that Kang is going to be in, uh, quantum mania is confirmed. He kept, people kept asking him, of course, he's like, are you, you know, in the Loki show? He says, I had no idea what you're talking about. Good cover, bro. (laughs) He fucking knew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He also voiced the timekeepers really quick. Sarah said, that sounds like him a little. I was like, how could you tell? But she, she called it. Or if Sarah called it, but yeah. Um, The puppet master needs to control the puppets. Yes. Confirmed. He is in quantum. And I heard rumors that, um, you know, because Kang is the conqueror, he travels through time that he's going to pull yellow jacket. I've heard rumors that they're yellow jacket. Is going to be a return of the yellow jacket? Yeah. Don't know if it's true. Just rumors I see. Um, So, which which is good because he was a decent villain, but they could really flesh him out more and make him even more of a a villain and and presence. Mm -hmm. Now, see what what I find intriguing about this whole situation, right? Is that not only has he already proven that he's already good at playing this role like this role but he's gonna be one of the besides like tom hiddleston he's gonna be one of the first actors in the mcu that will possibly get to play around with multiple versions of kang oh like we have we have he who remains and then of course we're gonna have whatever kang is in quantum mania and depending on what happens there we might that might not even be like the biggest like baddest Kang that we're going to see in the next few um, phases of, of the MCU. And, and I hope it isn't. I hope they, there are like five, like three or four versions that are in the the Marvel comics, but I hope they do more and like versions that fail and versions that are like really good that mess with the Avengers. And the thing is like, he can go back through time too to get what he needs to beat any Avenger at any time. So 
there's no reason that we I mean, obviously for writing reasons, but they literally could stick him anywhere to mess with anyone in any version. Mm-hmm. If they really want to make him like an imposing threat, um, it would be. I'm, I'm really curious to see what they're gonna do with with his character. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad they didn't put that goofy ass helmet on him. There's a, <laughs> there's a statue reveal of Kang at the end of the episode where Loki goes back. They send or Sylvie kicks Loki back, and they're like, "Oh shit! Like, who are you? You're an intern." They don't recognize Loki because Sylvie kicked Loki back to a time where Kang was in charge of the TVA and not the Timekeepers, which is a whole other mindfuck. I was like, "What?" So that's that. Of course, like, leads like to season. The multiverse two. is here. The multiverse yeah. is active and in full force. Yeah. So there's uh, no stopping was, it now. It was so good. That ending was good. And of course, season two was real. But yeah, um, oh. my my so far, they're doing well, with Kang, because. You know, he's like kind of a purple and green guy. He's like a blue helmet, whatever. He kind of, I, I joked with one of our buddies, uh, with Fernando, who was on the CT. He's like, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't have that dumb fucking helmet. Because, yeah, he just looks like this is a weird helmet. And anyway, I mean, it's true to like his Marvel character. That's the way he looks. But I was like, okay, cool. We Maybe they'll put a cooler helmet on him than the one I'm used to in the comics. Uh, before, you know, the angry, nerdy emails about why Kang has the coolest helmet. Uh, what do you think they're going to do with Kang now? What What are you looking for? Oh, I all these I, questions. I I honestly just want them to have fun with it because barely anybody ever gets the opportunity to play around with a Marvel character, but now they have the opportunity to play around with many of one Marvel character. So, shit. Who knows? Maybe in Quantum Mania we'll get the goofy helmet Kang that gets oh, you know no. destroyed by the <laughs> Pym family. Who the fuck knows? But I all I know is that I am super excited for what what's gonna happen. Um so we're kind of near the end of the podcast, but now that we're now that we're fully into the multiverse talk right now, I wanna oh, ask yeah. I wanna ask you, now that the multiverse is a thing, what is one thing that you would like to see be brought into the MCU. Ah, man, you know what it is. We've been talking about it for years. There's only one person I... I mean, I wanted to see Kang, because I read this version of Uncanny Avengers. It's really good, and Kang is the main villain. They did a great job, but I've been wanting to see a good fucking Doctor Doom. I want Mm. them to do a good job. I want to see him annihilate people. I want him to be, like, the biggest bad next to Thanos and Kang. Mm -hmm. I just want them to do a good job. I don't even care if the Fantastic Four sucks. I just want Doom to be good. <laughs> I, we had this idea where Doom actually beats them. Like, he kills them in the movie. And that just sets up, like, already how established he is. I know a lot of people love Fantastic Four. But he is, like, ugh, Doom is, like, there's, like, a, yeah, he's just, he should be that presence and big bad. And mm-hmm. I I'm pretty damn sure going the secret wars route and i want to see doom thanos can go at it that is Ooh. that's what i want to see the big three because you know they Damn. let's work together and you you know they fucking can't because they're super villains they, they, <laughs> i want to see them kick each other's ass that's what i want to see what do you want to see next now that they've uh, basically given themselves up the open slate the open you, you know, know blank check right you know i thought about this after watching the last episode of loki and like, sure, you can go for the easy answers, like, oh, you know, I'd like to see the Spider-Verse in full effect. Of course, everybody would. You know, who wouldn't want to see all the spiders kind of fighting together? Super um, simps. 
anyway. <laughs> um, and of course, there's like other you can you can assume that the stuff that they're going to be having like on Disney Plus is going to be somewhat caused by the multiverse. So there's already things we know that's coming that we've been wanting for a while. But I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a little curve ball at you real quick. I'm gonna throw one at you so, in a second too. You first. Okay. So Age of Ultron, you know, roughly, you know, pe- there's people that like it and there's people that didn't like it, you know, with all good reasons on both sides. I per like you remember, I personally was excited about Ultron. Um because Ultron's a cool character in the comics. You know, he's this, you know, robotic AI being that was created um, to basically improve and like self-learn and you kind of can never get rid of Ultron. So nope. I feel like 50 no, fucking is, years later they're still fighting Ultron. And exactly. Kay, and Thanos and Doom. <laughs> anyway. So, so just think about this. So WandaVision introduced White Vision, right? Yeah. Now, White Vision is Vision is Vision's body, you know. Yeah. Now, if you remember from Age of Ultron, you know, Vision, the body of Vision was made for Ultron. Yes. He's going to transfer his consciousness into that body to become, you know, a more perfect being. Um, since it's technically a creation of Ultron, you could still say technically that there is a piece of Ultron still somewhere locked in that body now whether fucking do it that, marvel <laughs> I don't whether care. it's the multiverse <laughs> we don't know like when the multiverse is is taking effect so for all we know these shows could have been in the multiverse already um but remember one of my biggest gripes about age of ultron was the fact that they had it come out before ant-man yeah because with the original lore hank pym creates ultron now think about it like this there's still a remnant of ultron and ultron comes back but it's not the ultron that we remember it's the hank pym ultron so not only is it the threatening ultron that we already know but with the personality of hank pym instead of tony stark so instead of being all snarky and kind of like sarcastic like tony was he's Somewhat sarcastic, but he's more down to do the dirty work like Hank Pym was. And so we have this more serious Ultron now kind of running havoc around the world and doing what he does and improving himself over time and just keeps coming back and coming back. But what better thing than to have the ultimate technological being than to team up with the ultimate techno wizard that is dr doom like a setup like he he like oh yeah i'll help stop ultron jk blast (laughs) you i would like that i could see it just think of like all the chaos that could reign from just like those two like beings just coming in like and if you think about it they in the mcu it can make sense because they're kind of tied together because Latveria was not that far away. No. So Doctor Doom could have a reason to team up with Ultron, oh, or yeah. maybe even try to screw, t- like turn one over on Ultron, like at the end of something, you know, like trying to take control oh, yeah. of Ultron in a way. Oh yeah, but, so he has his Doom bots. I know some of you want Doom bots. 
But I feel like now that it's possible, I feel like I think Ultron deserves another chance. I think Ultron deserve like he's such a good like Avengers level villain that they could cash in on the potential that they oh, could have yeah. did in Age of Ultron. And I think with that, they are with what if there is a snippet of an Ultron. So I think they're going to expand oh. more. Yeah, watch if you can find someone's cut the still of it. So I, I think I saw it too. But yeah, I think we'll see more of Ultron. And again, multiverse is the perfect way to bring in that Ultron that we are a lot of us are familiar with, you know, or even have Ultrons work together or fight each other. You know, it's there's so much possibility. They're only limited by their imagination. And some people will be pleased by what they do, and some people won't. And you know the the rage of Ultron you're you're mentioning. The rage of Ultron's the hardcover have oh. with mm-hmm. Hank Pym becoming the Ultron. It's a really good run. If you're interested in Ultron and Hank Pym and the Avengers, check it out. I love the writer too, Rick Remender. He did Uncanny Avengers as well. He did Uncanny X Force. Highly recommend those. If, even if you're not into comics, they're still really good. Such um, a good one shot. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I want to see. Yeah, I think they did Ultron dirty. But, you know, it was a setup movie for Scarlet Witch, for Vision, and the Avengers, you know, kind of ripping apart to set up Civil War. So that's... I I had this conversation a while ago with with Diego. It's like, is it really a bad movie, or is it because we were expecting something else? You know, that that kind of made me rethink it. And uh, I appreciate it. And also, it was because Joss Whedon was director. That's a whole Oh, yeah. When, (laughs) you know, before I knew he was a real piece of shit, it's like, oh, it's going to be good. It's Joss Whedon. Avengers was good. You know, Avengers um, 2 is different. But yeah, I, you know, it's like, oh, ooh. And especially what he did to Justice League, you see the two differences in vision. But that, you know, we, we kind of talked about that. Anyway, mm-hmm. what I wanted to say to you, this is probably controversial, but I actually think I enjoyed the other two shows' finales over Loki's. Loki's set up a lot and did a lot. But for me, I think for a finale for a show, um, it, it just it didn't hit as well. I think because also it was more it was less action. It's like, oh, all you want is action. Well, yeah, a little. It's superhero stuff, right? But um, for me, I felt like those endings were more satisfying in their world. But also, I am aware that there is going to be a season two. So maybe they can have a bigger grander finale for that but i i think winter soldier and falcon and wandavision had a stronger finish than loki but also they didn't know if this would succeed you know and they're introduced you know again it's a setup episode as well so it's it's hard it is a little hard to compare but i am just gonna say my little controversial bit because i know people are putting loki way above it and i could see why because it started super strong and it, it was very strong, but I think it kind of petered out the end. You know, I, I, on a on an aspect, I would kind of agree with you, because like at the time we didn't know that they were going to make a season two, but now that we know that it's continuing on, yeah, like Wandavision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are two consu- like uh, not isolated, but they're two little series that have a beginning and an end like they are it's just one little story that they want to tell that has no you know expectation of like making a season two it's just like we want to show you this little character piece for these 
for these handful of characters. A little bit. That yeah. way we can we can we can propel them into the into back into the movie uh universe. Yeah. So that they are all ready to go for what we have planned. Yeah. So I I can I can see. Um I guess in the sense of why a lot of people are digging Loki more than the other two, because I, I see I saw this complaint for WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier where they liked the new stuff that they were going to the, in the first half of the series, and then they thought that the ending just kind of felt like it was going back into kind of like classic MCU kind of like storytelling in a way. That. I can see that. Which which is fine, which is perfectly fine. Like everybody has their own taste. And after 11 years of kind of like that formula, like I can see how some people can kind of get tired of it. I understand Definitely. that. There's nothing wrong with having that opinion. Yeah. Um, but I feel like for Loki, they didn't have to worry about making such a big fantastical ending. Like it was still a great episode and a great oh, ending yeah, for the for the season. 100%. But it also wasn't I think that episode wasn't supposed to have you be like they still want you to be excited for more Loki, but I think their overall like idea was to get everybody ready for everything else that's coming out. This is like true. this Moon like Knight, this, She-Hulk, Multiverse, Shang-Chi, Hawkeye, <laughs> Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, Spider-Men, Marvels. <laughs> oh man. Um mutants Mutants, Fantastic Eternals. Four, Eternals. I keep forgetting about Eternals, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, it just good thing they're doing a season two. My expectations mm-hmm. are going to be wildly high for that, especially since they, for me, kind of they followed a formula but still did it. You know, so many different things. And I heard that um, Tom Hiddleston even had a like three-hour discussion about Loki with the producers and stuff. Like he had a roundtable with them, like a symposium about Loki and the show and where he wants it to go, what he thinks. Which I think mm-hmm. is it really shows that they put like love and care and how they crafted it really well for the show. Amen. So I don't doubt that it won't be, you know, that it won't be good. But I there's criteria now to be met <laughs> for me. Hey man, it's on record saying that Tom Hiddleston would if was if he was allowed, he would play Loki forever. And mm. I pre- I appreciate that. Yes. It's, especially with the after so long, like the amount of enthusiasm he still has for the character is is really really nice to see, especially being like a a fan of Marvel. You know, having mm-hmm. someone not not just like take it seriously, but it just enjoys getting to play in this world that they're making. Yeah. And he auditioned for Thor, which I still think is the wildest thing. Like Bro. he auditioned and he got honestly the better role. He got the role that like mm-hmm. is like the best part of Thor and Thor 2. <laughs> you know? Legit. And Avengers. When, when you get the chance, watch that assembled uh behind the scenes documentary. All right, I'll I'll have to you, that for all of them. I still need to watch the season two Mando one too. They're coming out with uh, not to not to go on a tangent about Star Wars, but you saw that they're coming out with the uh, the last episode of season two uh, documentary. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. 
not spoilers. Sorry, I mean it's been out Oops. for like a year. Oops. Oops. <laughs> anyway, Luke Skywalker's a piece of shit. Anyway, All right. um, <laughs> overall, overall, Loki season one really good. Yeah, I, I, I'll say all the Marvel shows. Um, we were kind of expecting, you know, the formula, the MCU formula, but they, since they had those episodes to really flesh it out, they did, and they've been, it's been a fun ride, and I, I can't wait for more. And now What If is upon us, so I'm curious oh, to see how that's yeah. going to be, and they even had the actors come back and reprise their role, so that's that's going to be exciting. And I'm sure we're going to be doing a What If, like we're, we're at least going to talk about What If, because I, once that episode comes out, I definitely need to talk about Killmonger saving Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Fucking Michael B. Jordan already killed it as Killmonger. I can't even imagine what that the episode's going to be. Uh, uh, honestly, one of the best MCU villains. The mm-hmm. multi-layered, captivating, and agreeable. It's like, oh, shit, well, you, you do it, Killmonger. Like, I don't disagree. <laughs> you know, just like uh, Dracula in Transylvania. All right. I think, uh, I think that's a, we could put a, a cap on it there. Yeah, I think this this has been a good conversation. I I appreciate I appreciate you hanging out with me as usual. Yeah, of course. You know, we can always talk about nerdy shit for fucking hours. Speaking oh, yeah. of nerdy shit, before we actually do go for real, mm-hmm. uh, next up, I believe uh, we've been chatting is going to be our talk about uh, the Gun- Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash Part One. I oh believe, yeah, three. Yeah. Um, a fun ride, of course, for this big old Gundam nerd myself and Brian here and hopefully Marcelo can make it as well um, you know talk about the next install I mean, at least the next uh, movie installment for a lot of us in the Gundam series and the... what the movie does what we expected what we liked and so forth so that I think will be a fun talk we haven't really talked about Gundam of course if we have we've only been like gushing about it how much we love it but you know we can actually dissect how much we, you know, really care about and love Gundam. So that'll be a fun one. And I imagine after that, we are behind on Bad Batch because the series is wrapping yeah, soon. We so we, we have to do, like, I think episodes 5 through 10 and beyond. I'm sure there's other things that are going to pop up that we're going to have a fun time talking about. Going to probably and, have to do, like, a um, mega review of that one. Yeah, and just, yeah, and then whenever we get to it, I we I, I think we should kind of talk about what's happening with Activision Blizzard, but I think it kind of speaks for itself at the same time. But just... Things that are in the future, we will probably get to coming up soon. Yeah. But until then, Joel, where can people find you? If you click on the page description for this podcast, actually, Brian just put in description where to find us. So you could click and see where to find us. But if you want to find me somewhere else, I am on SoundCloud and Spotify under Mad Mech Monster Mind. You could also find me on Instagram under uh mad mech monster mind is uh, mad mech monster mind as well i'm also on twitter they're joel sandoval 122 usually bitching about something our government's doing or whatever or someone something did so find me there where can we find you brian well you can find me on twitter and instagram at brian saber as well as uh twitch.tv slash brian saber and that's saber with the re um where recently i've been i I'm getting on the kick of uh, Pokemon Unite a little bit and some other cool things that I have planned in the future. Um, be checking that out. But of course, like you mentioned, uh, we also have a podcast Twitter. It's a United underscore We Nerd, where we give all our updates on upcoming episodes and 
little polls, trying to, you know, reach out to the community, trying to, you know, get an idea of what you guys want or us to talk about or just kind of like, you know, having discussions and whatnot. But of course, if you want to ask us questions that we can um, answer on the podcast, you can email us at uh, unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd really love to hear from you guys. Uh, we've been doing this for almost uh, almost six months now. and Yeah, man. I was thinking been... like we should do when we hit a certain amount, we should probably do like a uh, like a review of what we've done and everything we've talked about and just like a little like uh, greatest hits moment. Maybe we'd hit a, a, certain a year amount. end review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you want to send us emails about why you know Kang is a dumb helmet or why I should love it, you know, please let us know your opinions or what you think about our opinions. Like, you know, and you know, maybe yeah. why the Xeon is right or why the Federation is wrong or vice versa. Let us know. Which you probably have a good reason for both. Yes. But yeah, we really love to hear from you guys. We wanna we wanna have nerdy conversations with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. So be sure to do that. Um but yeah, this has been the United Renew Reviews for Loki season one. And um I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Enjoy. Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Ha <laughs> ha